0: Thank uh-huh. you.
1: Welcome back to the Gryffindor Common Room I'm your host Retta And I'm your host Michelle And welcome back to another episode This week we are going to be talking about The wonderful Ginny Weasley
0: Also known as Ginny Weasley is freaking
1: awesome Yep Best
0: Yes. Uh So back into the deep dives we go
1: Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since we've done one of these, so I'm excited to get back into a character, and especially, you know, my favorite character, like I mentioned, at least twice an episode.
0: (laughs) At least twice. (laughs) All right, guys. uh before we do get too far into the show please 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 pretty please don't forget to rate and follow us wherever you are listening this helps new listeners find the show and helps us grow um just as proof we're up to 69 uh followers on spotify and i believe nine or ten on apple so yeah
1: getting there we are I wanted to issue a spoiler alert before we get into it. We will be discussing the entire series, the epilogue. Anything that we know of that happens with Ginny Weasley, we'll probably be talking about.
0: Oh yeah, cuz this is this is one of those she's in
1: almost every moment. So, in a heavy emphasis on the books because Oh yeah. Movie Ginny is not well written. Book Ginny is considerably better fleshed out
0: (laughs) well yeah and and again no shade to bonnie Wright because she did do what she could yep and we admit that
1: so not her fault
0: no not at all and you know i really do feel bad because i believe that she could have pulled it off no problem yeah so Alright, you want to get into this here? Give us a little info
1: on Miss Jenny. Yeah, so a little bit of background information. Uh, Jenny was born on August 11th, 1981. Her full name is Ginevra Molly Weasley. I did not know that was her last name until I was looking this up earlier. Um, and she was the first girl born into the Weasley family in several generations. And she had six older brothers.
0: <laughs> yeah, um... I have a feeling, just my gut reaction, and I I could be completely wrong. And if I am, I am. But I have a feeling that Bill probably tried to baby her. Charlie probably tried to baby her. Percy definitely babied her. Friend George were like, "Uh uh-uh, we're not babying her. And Ron was like, oh, hell no, I'm definitely
1: not babying her. Yeah, just gut reaction on those. Yeah, and especially like, in uh, I think it's beginning of Half Blood Prince, we see Fred and George coming up to Ginny, and they're like, "Oh, so we hear that you're going out with somebody? Is this true?" And she's like, "I don't see how it's any of your business. Leave me alone." (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm I'm
0: sure they gave her hell. But, you know, she probably gave it right back to them more than what we actually saw, even in the books.
1: Oh, yeah. I agree. You can't grow up with six Weasleys as your older brothers and not learn how to dish it out.
0: Yeah, no. Um, Most definitely. Uh, And like I said, I'm sure that Bill and Charlie probably just babied her. There's such an age difference, too, Mm -hmm. that they're going to want to baby her, and she probably enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, whereas with friend George and uh, Ron, closer in age, so uh, time to wreak havoc with them.
1: Yep, being only a year younger than Ron and three years younger than the twins.
0: Oh, yeah. Most
1: definitely yeah uh, she probably tormented them rightfully so uh real quick i was just going to say her physical description in the books is she's got the long flaming red hair like the other weasleys um, and then has pretty brown eyes just like molly's which harry notices while molly is like giving him a talking to and he's like it would be so much easier to pay attention if your eyes didn't look like Ginny's." <laughs> yep
0: yeah. uh here's another thing too so we also hear in um, Order of the Phoenix that when her jaw is set, her facial resemblance to the twin, uh, her twin brothers is striking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we first get a, a glimpse of her when you know, uh, <laughs> I, in in the movies, it's a little bit different. Um, but she sees Harry in the uh, Sorcerer's Stone when he asks Molly uh, how to get onto the platform. Um, I think she, Jenny's not a shy character, Mm-mm. by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-mm.
1: Uh,
0: but just the confidence that she had in the in the movie when she says good luck before he gets on the platform I think I think that was a little out of place
1: Yeah it was like they wanted to give her a line of dialogue just so that she had a line of dialogue
0: Right right where they could have easily fitted in with her brother's somehow
1: Yeah or it wouldn't have been that hard to I don't know. Maybe it would have been harder than I'm thinking. But, like, in the books, we hear her outside like, Mom, that, that's Harry Potter. Can I go talk to him? That's Harry Potter. And her mom is like, no, he's not a zoo animal. Leave him alone. Like, <laughs> I don't think they, there would have been a problem with that.
0: I mean, honestly, again, that's another thing that we've talked about, that, that book-to-movie transition where we're going, yep, yeah, that's not the way it happened. Mm-mm. You know, they could have gotten Bonnie right to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Instead, we're just gonna give her that one little line. Of saying good luck to a complete stranger. Right. Right. You know, and then we,
0: we don't see her again until the next summer. <laughs>
1: and uh poor Harry. <laughs> Yeah, and he's so gracious about it, but Ginny is just, she's smitten. I don't even know that he noticed. Well, he did, because it, like, she, like, slips her elbow in the butter dish, and Harry, like, pretends not to notice. And he's, like, super gracious about it. But I don't know if he noticed
0: so much that it was a crush versus it's a person she doesn't know who's now. In their house. Oh, that's that's fair. You know what I mean? Because it could have been anyone, and they could have just been like, "Oh, sorry, you
1: know, you don't know him. It's a little kid." I do love the moment in the movie where she's like, "Mom, have you seen my jumper?" And then she like comes in, sees Harry, her eyes go wide, and she just like slowly backs out of the room. Because I'm like, "Yep, that's that's me." That is, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is definite. Um... <laughs> yeah, Bonnie, Wright Her her expression on her face, right there. I think any of us who have ever had a crush
1: know that look because mm-hmm. we've been there, done that. i just. I wasn't expecting them to be here. What is? <laughs> Run away! Run away! Yeah. I can
0: vividly recall memories of, of the same thing, so definitely, it's it's that was not far fetched at all. Nope. And the pure panic on her face. Yep. Priceless. Um. But it's just weird. I thought, it, on a movie perspective. Um, you know she knows nothing of him and then she's got that full-blown crush where in the books it almost makes more sense
1: because I think you get the hints of the fact that she's probably heard a lot about Harry from Ron right and...
0: or from her mom you know Ron writes, Ron writes his parents his parents talk about it at the dinner table mm-hmm. it's
1: just them and and her now so, yeah. And which one of us has never had a crush on one of our friends, si- or, uh, either on our friend's sibling or on one of our sibling's friends? Like, especially when you're close in age.
0: As someone without siblings, uh, I will say that, though, I have had crushes on my friend's siblings.
1: Mm hmm. Yep. Same. And, you
0: know, hanging out with my friends and then their sibling comes in the room and I'm just like, Okay, yep. I I'm, I'm gonna run away now <laughs> before this yep. gets any more awkward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, but like we said, you know, we, we get the feeling because, for example, Ron has stayed ho- uh, stayed at Hogwarts during Christmas. hmm Um now he probably talked to his mom about it, and of course, you know, she sends Harry a uh, a jumper. Yep. Um So you get this, oh, she's probably talked about it with Arthur. Jenny's heard stuff. She's probably had seen pictures. But we don't see much of that interaction, so it's kind of like, hmm, okay. So. Yep. And then we jump to Chamber
1: of Secrets. Where Lucius Malfoy, being the slime ball that he is, decides it's a great idea to get rid of this dark artifact that he doesn't know what it is, and frame Arthur Weasley at the same time by slipping it into poor little 11-year-old Ginny Weasley's cauldron. And this plan, of course, as we all know, backfires tremendously tremendously. On Lucius mm-hmm. in every way possible. Um, mm-hmm. He, he kind of got what he deserved for doing that. I'm just saying. You shouldn't give dark objects that you don't know what they're for to 11 year old children. <laughs> no. no matter how much you hate their parents. Right. Um, you know, And, and the
0: intent. Uh, at least Riddle's. Um, intent. Is that she gets sacrificed and he becomes um, fully human. Yep. And, And now here's the scary part of that. Have you thought about this? He would have been the younger Voldemort fully human. Yeah. The memory fully human. So... That, that's terrifying
1: all in itself. Well, and especially because that would have been the biggest piece of Voldemort's soul that was left. Because it's not like he split his soul into seven equal pieces. Each time he splits it, it's split in half, 50-50. So, the diary... Yeah. Because the, the diary was his first horcrux, right? Was it the, the diary or so. the ring first? No, I
0: believe it... I don't remember... Um, But it's one of those two. But still, that's the bigger chunks. Oh, he made
1: the diary first. According okay. to WizardingWorld.com. We... Okay. Um, let's see. Yeah. So that would have been 50% of his soul that was still in there. That's a much bigger chunk than, you know... Later on, he splits it 50 50 again, so then it, you know, the ring would have been 25% of his soul. And each one is progressively a smaller and smaller portion. Mm hmm.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. So, actually, ooh, wait a minute. Now, the lexicon is saying that it was the ring. Oh, really? Because he had to kill uh, Tom Riddle Sr. July of uh, or August 1942. Uh, his diary was from the death of Myrtle Warren, which was in June 1943.
1: Oh, see, that's interesting, because it's like the actual WizardingWorld.com. It says, Lord Voldemort's first Horcrux was created when he was still at Hogwarts, known then as Tom Riddle. And talks about marrying, mur- or marrying, murdering Myrtle. Yeah, say that five times fast. No, thank you. Um,
0: you know, then again, well, let's see. Hold on. Um. Okay, so like I said, this is going off of the lexicon, which takes its information from the books. And from the Wizarding World website. Um, Let's see. Afterwards, Tom wore the ring openly for some time at Hogwarts, but apparently after he returned... Oh, after he turned it into a horcrux,
1: he ceased wearing it. Okay. Okay, and I'm seeing an article on Entertainment Weekly saying... And he murdered... Wow, I'm just going to botch this every time. Murdered Myrtle on June 13th of 1942. And he didn't murder his father until August of 1943. So that's interesting. We've got different pages saying...
0: Wow. That's... And that's very... Yeah. Huh. It's interesting.
1: Oh, yeah, because the lexicon... I Now I'm looking at the one on the lexicon, and, and it's got those dates switched. It's saying that he murdered his father and grandparents in July of 1942, mm-hmm. turned the ring into his first horcrux August 1942, and that uh, he didn't murder Myrtle... Until June of 1943. Yeah, see, it's
0: amazing. The information we get on that. You know what? I'm, I'm going to look something here. Let's, let's look for uh, a characters. Because I wonder what it actually says about moaning uh, Myrtle. I know everyone's listening to this. Going, ah, can they just get to the point?
1: No, because we want to see what it says. Because this we want to is- know <laughs> was it the ring or the diary first? Okay,
0: and they have her death. The death is nineteen forty
1: three. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing on like Harry Potter fandom and Pottermore, and uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so y- y- yeah. Either way, the diary was either 25% or 50% of Voldemort's soul. And I'm realizing now, like, that makes more sense why Voldemort had so much more control over Ginny than he did over Harry, because it was a much greater percentage of his soul that was corrupting Ginny than it was inside of Harry corrupting Harry.
0: Well, Harry was also not a true Horcrux. What do you mean? And this goes it says on the lexicon because Harry never died to create the horcrux.
1: But A his piece parents of died.
0: Yes. But the horcrux wasn't formed until Voldemort attacked Harry. Hmm. And because Harry didn't die. That's why we also get that little part. He never controlled Harry in any fashion. Harry could just see into him. Mm -hmm. So, at least according to the the lexicon, um, it it says there, um, Harry was inadvertently made into something like a horcrux. Uh, When the killing curse rebounded on Voldemort His remaining soul split apart And one fragment attached Itself to Harry Voldemort destroyed This pseudo horcrux himself without Realizing it when he attempted to kill Harry In the forest Which kind of makes sense Mm -hmm. Because we see the results Even with the locket for example We see the results of what a a horcrux itself can do. If Harry was a true horcrux, that would explain the Dursleys' behavior, but everyone else around him would have had the same reaction as the Dursleys.
1: Yeah. In actuality, the Dursleys were just terrible people. Right. But you never see that behavior. I mean,
0: yes, you get that little bit of uh, jealousy in Goblet of Fire with Ron.
1: Anybody would have been jealous in that situation.
0: Right and that's also teenage angst Because let's deal with it They're teenage boys they're idiots No offense to any teenage boys Who happen to be listening to this Maybe Um, You'll get there someday buddy (laughs) Yeah um, You will Um, But no So But Hermione never acted like that Mm-mm. the Weasleys didn't act like that Sirius didn't act like that Lupin so yeah it makes sense why he's not a true Horcrux but you know what we have
1: completely gone off topic poor Jenny <laughs> getting overshadowed we're talking about her future boyfriend husband 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 husband, husband. <laughs> All right. so um
0: you know she is rescued by Harry, um, which I'm sure fueled the crush even more.
1: Oh yeah, I one of the most painfully teenage awkwardness moments in the entire series comes in Chamber of Secrets on Valentine's Day. Do you remember this when? Uh, Gilderoy is like, you know what we should do for Valentine's Day? We're going to hire all these cutie little creatures and they're going to go around delivering Valentine's grams to all the students from each other. And Ginny sends one to Harry. Oh. Oh.
0: How did I not think of that?
1: His eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad. His hair (laughs) is, is as dark as a blackboard. I wish he was mine, he's really divine, the hero who conquered the Dark Lord. And, you know, this brings us to an interesting point. Um, You know, Ginny would not have known to refer to Voldemort as the Dark Lord. That was a title he liked to apply to himself. Which therefore implies that he helped Ginny write this love poem to Harry. (laughs) <laughs> hey Harry,
0: you just got a Valentine from Voldemort. <laughs> Ow, oh, I just hit my head. <laughs> oh, oh, I Wow, your first uh Valentine ever and it's from uh Voldemort. How's that make you feel, sir?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that like I I did not come up with that idea. I saw that on an internet post a while ago and I just can't get it out of my head. It's it's a pretty amusing thought.
0: But here's the thing, you're not wrong. <laughs> there, there you can't be wrong with that. So, again, um apparently it turns out that Voldemort um Likes teenage angst. And is a poet. A very bad one.
1: Yes. Very <laughs> bad. <laughs> <sighs> he he was bad more ways than one. Ugh. Yeah, like who wants to be told, Oh, your hair is as dark as a blackboard? What? <laughs> and your eyes remind me of a pickled toad.
0: Mmm. <laughs> I mean, even Snape is sitting back going, dude, I could have done better. Yikes.
1: <laughs>
0: I really hope that Harry realized and never brought that up during their marriage. Because I can see her going, honey, I
1: have something for you.
0: <laughs> Bat bogey hex.
1: Uh huh. Well, and And listen, to all you people out there that want to blame Ginny for this, we are not victim-shaming here, okay? She was 11. Literally, she was 11. Yes, she didn't know where this came from, but it was in her cauldron with her school supplies. She's going to think that, like, it's a surprise present from her parents or something. Like, it makes total sense that she was taken in by this. It would have been weird for her not to have been, because she was 11, Okay, and here here's
0: a thing I need a lot of listeners to remember. okay, so let, let let's think about this for a second. What year was Harry's
1: second year of school? 92 okay.
0: The 92 to 93 school year. (laughs) As someone who was in school during that time, let me let you know, uh, diaries were very popular. I mean, all of us in that time frame. and I I mean, I can remember having one (sighs) as far back as... want to say the the late 80s so 88
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i think i finally kind of outgrew one around that same time harry's second year 92 93 but with jenny's age that would have been a thing i I mean at least in the muggle world so i'm pretty sure you know teenage girls being teenage girls are not that different in the wizarding world either
1: oh yeah i was huge into journaling from the age of like nine or ten until probably until i graduated high school and then i just didn't have time in college honestly but it culturally it's a very very big thing and especially for girls
0: yeah well i mean especially especially uh and i mean i don't know because of yours and my age difference um But at least in the 80s and 90s, they used to sell them, like, at every store. And they had the little lock on them Mm -hmm. and a special pen with them. And it was just the greatest thing to write. Dear diary, today my crush ignored me.
1: Yep. You know, and then, like, fancy people had, like, a necklace that they wore their lock on. So that they always, or their key on. So their key Uh was always with them and nobody else could get into their diary. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I'm 12 now, so I have big, important thoughts that I can't let anybody else know.
0: Yeah, like how cute that guy in my gym class was. Which, if I had a dollar for every time I wrote something like that, I could be a multimillionaire by now.
1: Um, also, just for the record, any of you who are this age and who keep a diary, we promise we are not mocking you. We are mocking our own past selves for being dorks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, keep that diary, keep that journal. It is a good thing to have and a fun thing to look back on. I just wish I had written more in my diaries that was substantial. Yeah, you know, about like modern events that are going on instead sort of just. I was so sad. My heart crumbled like a Christmas cookie. <laughs> I'm not wait, joking. Wait. I have a diary entry like that from when I was like 14. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, when did you read my diary? <laughs> um, but right. So again, you know, we're, we're not mocking Jenny for this. We're kind of laughing at ourselves because we did the same things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why we did the same things, but we did the same things. Um, so. Yes. And then, of course, you know, like we, like I said earlier, you've got Harry rescuing her, and your big crush is going to come and rescue you and save the
1: day. Oh, yeah, because that's
0: yeah. not going to make a crush a thousand times
1: worse. Yeah, that alone would be enough to instill a crush in somebody, let alone make a pre-existing one worse.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, so, then we get into... Um, the Prisoner of Baskaban and Goblet of Fire. And we get Zilch in Prisoner of Baskaban.
1: Yep. There's. Yeah. yeah it... Like, we see her yeah. briefly in the background of stuff. But. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, there's. She's just that little sister that's there. Yep. Um, She's about as important as Charlie is at this point. Yep. Um, Then we do get into, though, with Goblet of Fire, um, Quidditch World Cup. You know, she is a Quidditch fan. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, why wouldn't she be? Look at her, her brother's. Mhm. Um, you know, it's not like she had anyone to I don't mean, I don't know what the wizarding world equivalent of Barbie is, but it's not like she had anyone to play Barbie with. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Quidditch it is. Um, and she was good at it. But that that's later on. But then this is what I love from her. The whole thing with the Yule Ball.
1: Yes. She
0: still has the biggest crush on Harry. She's probably writing Jenny Potter on every piece of parchment she can get. However.
1: However. It's not who she goes to the ball with. Neville asks her, and she says yes to Neville. And then even... It's like day of or day before. And Harry's like, oh, Jenny, would you want to go with me? And she's like, oh, I already told Neville I would go with him. Not many 12-year-old girls have that sort of moral fiber to say no to their crush that they've liked for a very long time in favor of a boy that is, you know, Neville's known for being a giant dork. Yeah. But it was so sweet of her. <clears throat> yeah.
0: I <clears throat> now. Here's a little surprise for you, beta. I will say when I found out she was going with Neville. I was kind of hoping they'd be a couple because I figured if anyone would appreciate her, it would be him. I I'm not mad about that. I could see it. I th- I honestly thought they'd end up dating for a little while.
1: I love how just like sweet and giddy Neville is how he's like practicing his dancing and he's like way more excited for the Yule Ball than any of the other Gryffindor boys in their year.
0: You, you know, here's a here's a straight thought. Can you imagine Neville saying they're going, "I've got a date. I've got a date way before Ron and Harry do?"
1: Yeah. Yeah. It it goes back to, like, have you seen the movie Pearl Harbor? Oh, yeah. Where the one soldier that has, like, the super bad stutter is, like, going up and talking to all these women, and he's dancing with them, and just having a grand old time, and all the other soldiers are all like, why does he get all the chicks? And it's like, dude, because he actually talks to them. Like, yes, the bar is on the floor, just be nice and not a creep and women will probably talk to you like yeah yeah not I projecting at all here
0: no not at all <laughs> right yeah uh-huh um i if i had been their age unfortunately 100% unfortunately I would have probably been the one having a crush on Ron. But I'd be friends with Neville. Mhm. Just because he's so nice. Mhm. He'd be like my BFF. Yeah. Neville's fantastic. Yes. He's a complete dork. He's clumsy. He does really stupid stuff, but he's got a heart of gold, and that's what matters. Okay. Those are all things we both have in common with him. You're not wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are not wrong.
0: <laughs> and now I'm sitting there going, what does my husband see in me? <laughs> Wait, what? What? <laughs> And text him after this, be like, So by the way, so I'm an idiot. (laughs) I'm a dork and I'm clumsy. Why are you married to me? (laughs) Um, but right, so again, this is not a Neville episode, this is a Jenny. But I mean, like you said, the the moral fiber she has to not sit there and go, Hey Neville, sorry, Mike Rush. And you know how I feel about him, dude, but he asked me, so Mhm. Ciao. Oh, bye. Mhm.
1: So, all right. You want to take the next part here? Yeah. Uh. So, Order of the Phoenix. Uh. We see the formation of Dumbledore's army, and they're all gathered in the Hogshead, and they're trying to decide on a name for themselves to put down at the top of the sheet, and. Ginny is the one that suggests Dumbledore's army. She's like, well, if that's what Umbridge is so afraid of, why don't we just call ourselves that? And so that's what they do. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She's very smart. Oh, yeah. And she jumps headfirst into it. She's able to cast a Patronus at the age of 14. You know, she excels in all of the lessons as far as we know. And then forces her way into being able to go to the Department of Ministries with them. Like, volunteer is not a strong enough word. She was like, uh, no, we're coming. Thanks. Right. Well.
0: She is very underestimated.
1: hmm
0: In everything. hmm um, And I think you know, yes, okay, so we know she taught herself how to fly. Um, we know she's good at the bat bogey hex, But I think this is kind of where we really see her coming into her own. hmm And at this point, she's no longer the youngest Weasley. She is not Charlie, Bill's, Percy's, friend George, and Ron's little sister. She's Jenny Weasley. Mm-hmm. She's made her own name, right? Pardon my language, but she is Jenny Weasley, badass. Yep. Um. And you know what I remember really from uh the movie. Um, they're doing that oh, one spell, and I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. And they're shrinking stuff down. hmm And all that, and she does Reducto. really well. Reducto, and the look. On Fred and George's face. <laughs>
1: like I, I'm not messing with her anymore. Nope. All pranks are off. Yeah. I don't remember which book the quote is from. But they're like. Well yeah. Size is no indication of power. Look at Ginny. She's small. But she packs quite a punch. Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're almost terrified of her. As they should be. As well they should be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I don't think she just suddenly appeared sixth year, just suddenly able to perform the bat boogie hex without having practiced it on all of her brothers at one point or another, so that she could perfect it.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm I'm pretty sure that friend George uh, were
1: uh, victims of that quite a few times, probably slash they probably encouraged her to be able to do that one because they would have thought it's hilarious just like i do you are definitely a
0: a female fred or george (laughs) (laughs) so um you know you were talking uh the department of mysteries and, and all that though um It, it, that's another indication of just really how much she's grown through the series, mm-hmm. and she seemed to grow up pretty quick.
1: Yeah, like you know, Carrie asks, "Like, Are you really think you're going to be able to distract Umbridge away from her office?" And Jenny's like, "The thing about growing up with Fred and George's, you start to think anything's possible if you've got enough nerve." Right. Yeah,
0: it just... <laughs> she is definitely their little sister. My girl. <laughs> All right. Uh we have her
1: with with uh, Quidditch. Yep, because when Umbridge unfairly bans Harry, Fred, and George, you know, Gryffindor Quidditch team needs some new players to be subbed in there and so Ginny is chosen as the replacement seeker and they're like, oh yeah, actually turns out she used to sneak her brother's brooms out of the shed when they weren't looking and taught herself how to play and is good enough to play a chaser or a seeker and kick butt at it. You know that's got to be
0: Something that she and Harry, before they had kids, you know, maybe when they were engaged, you know, after everything, and maybe early on in their marriage, or even when they had kids. Um, I could just see them doing a pickup Quidditch game together. Yeah. You know, or her going, hey, I'll race you around uh, the yard on the broom. Mm-hmm. See who wins. Mm-hmm. My money's on Jenny, by the
1: way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Harry's money is probably on Ginny, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Nimbus 2000, Firebolt, or not. Yeah. Ginny is not afraid to hex you to get it to win, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I honestly think that the
0: Quidditch is a natural talent within that family. Mm-hmm. And she got it. She definitely got that talent. So, And then we move into Jenny ends up with
1: a social life. And of all of the houses she could have dated, she chooses to date a Quidditch player named Michael Corner from Ravenclaw. (laughs) And then ends up breaking up with him because he's a sore loser at Quidditch. Um, which is hilarious, but feels very in character for Ginny, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, as somebody who loves Ginny and relates to her a lot, like, I would absolutely go out with somebody who also played, like, because i played basketball for a long time. I would date a basketball player, and then if he was a sore loser about something, like, shut up, dude. It's a game. You're gonna lose some time. There's no need to be a sore loser about it. Instead of complaining, get back out there and train harder so you can win next time. Grow up.
0: You know, and knowing Jenny, too, I think she's a lot more mature at this point. So I don't even think it was probably... At first, I was like, man, she dumped him for him pouting. But then I realized he probably whined about it. Like, truly whined about it. Because I think if, you know, she's dating... Michael and he's like, Man, that just sucks. I can't believe you guys won. Not cool. You know, she'd be like, Okay, you know what? You lost. You lost your girlfriend. I get it. Cool down, we'll talk later. But, but don't he was probably whining. I th- I don't even think he was that let's say mature upset. It was probably like, How can I lose to a girl and oh my gosh and ha ah, da da da, da. Mm. Yeah. And that's probably why she was like, yeah, no, you out, bye. We're done here. Yeah. Cuz I think she would understand the disappointment of losing as long as you weren't a big baby about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. So let's let's move into
1: half-blood prince. My favorite. <laughs> So she starts the year off the right way uh, by using the bat bogey hex on Zachariah Smith, the pretentious Hufflepuff.
0: You know, so we get through everything with the slug club, and then we get to something that I know you are probably very proud of Jenny for.
1: Earning her permanent full-time spot on the Gryffindor Quidditch team as a chaser.
0: And, you know, and then she subs as a seeker in the championship when Harry's uh, a moron and uh, earns detention because, you know, Harry's a moron.
1: Yep. And wins a championship for them in a position she doesn't normally play. <laughs> Which just shows, again, pardon my language, what a badass she is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Total boss.
0: And then, you know, just to prove that Harry is even more of a moron and an idiot. Um he I don't I don't think he really realizes his feelings towards Jenny
1: are, are real at this point. Not until he sees her and Dean Thomas making out in that secret corridor. <laughs> <laughs> and-, and then it's like wait
0: a wait, wait a minute, what?
1: Yeah, he describes it as the monster inside of his chest that's, like, awoken and, you know, it. nobody else in the room notices because then Ron and Jenny just burst into this fight and Ron's like, Do you think I want my sister running around like a, like a, and she's like, Like a what? It's not my fault the only person you've ever kissed is Aunt Muriel and, you know, siblings, they know how to cut you to the quick. Yep. Yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> the The fact that she said that. Um. Yep. She's just, she's
1: very snarky. Oh yeah. She well, and I feel like very... you'd have to be growing up with that many siblings, like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I feel like the only reason she fought with Ron like that was because they were as close as they were. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's, that's that. I think that's it. Because I think you tend to, from a sibling relationship at least, and again, I'm an only child, I don't know. But you know, looking at my girls, the ones that are closer to each other fight the most. Mm-hmm because they're always around each other
1: oh yeah i fought way way more with my sister than i ever have with my brother but my sister and i are four years apart my brother and i are eight years apart
0: yeah so you're closer therefore yeah you've got more to fight about Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so yeah uh harry's all pissy and then uh she does go and break up with
1: dean And conveniently, the straw that broke the camel's back there was Harry being under the invisibility cloak, having just taken the Felix Felicis lucky lucky potion. And as he's slipping out of the common room door, accidentally nudges her. And Ginny's like, that's it. I've had it. I am strong, capable, independent woman. I don't need your help climbing through the portrait hole. I've been climbing through this portrait hole every single day since I was 11 years old. And, yeah, and you know Harry's got to be sitting there deep down going, ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. well, later he was. In the moment, Harry's just like, I think I'll go for a stroll.
0: Yeah, but there's got to be that that subconscious part of him that's mm-hmm. going, hey, she's mine now, sucker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, of course, uh, you know, she does get into the relationship with Harry.
1: Yes. And their real first kiss is so much better than the crap that happened in the movie. <laughs> I-, <laughs> I just, I would personally like to smack each and every person, not only Steve Clovis for writing it, but each and every person that looked at the script and said, yeah. That's a good first kiss and approved and check marked off on it. I would like to just line them all up and just smack them all. Right upside the back of the head. Yeah.
0: yeah not hard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my slithering was showing.
1: <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> um. <laughs> did, did I just fluster you there? It just was a very vivid mental image. Um, <laughs> just remember, I'm an angel. <laughs> anyway. um <I'm> gonna... <laughs> Harry and Jenny. The real first kiss. Happens right after the Quidditch Championship in... Harry's sixth year, Half-Blood Prince, and as we mentioned, Harry was a moron, earned himself detention. He deserved to be in detention because he used a spell, he didn't know what it was, and it turned out to be dark magic, and he almost killed Draco. Bro, you're lucky that all you got was detention every Saturday for the rest of the year. You deserved worse. Yes. And so Ginny comes in and saves the day, and then Harry finally makes back to the common room and they make eye contact and Ginny has this look of fierceness on her face and just bolts across the room and just lands one on him and (laughs) I just love how the books are like and then after a few seconds or perhaps a few moments or maybe it was several sunlit days they finally break apart (laughs) and Dean is like Broken a glass. Melda Vane <laughs> is looking like she's about to murder somebody. And then he looks over at Ron, and Ron just gives him a look that's like, if you must. And so the two of them sneak out of the common room to go make out, as teenagers do, you know. Um. <laughs> Ron's probably thinking, you know, it
0: could be a lot worse. Mm hmm. At least she's not back with Dean. Right. Um,. At least it's my best friend Um, Which also shows that You know Harry's got a lot more sense Than Ron Mm -hmm. Because Ron totally Dude Hermione's been crushing on you Since like first year How do you not
1: notice Stop dragging your feet dude
0: I really hope she reminded him constantly through their marriage. Mm -hmm. By the way, we could have been together longer if you had just woken up.
1: (laughs) I wanted to go to Slughorn's Christmas party with you, but no! I had to go with Cormac McLaggen instead. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because everyone
0: wants to be with Cormac McLaggen. (laughs)
1: I love how we just crack ourselves up
0: (laughs) Yeah yeah. I mean like we did For what an hour and a half Before we ever started recording Because we were so busy laughing Yep I mean especially when you think how angelic I am (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah Oh, But this is why I love listening to our episodes Because I listen to it later And then I just start laughing all over again
1: Just imagine what our outtakes Are going to be like
0: <laughs> I'm very very terrified It's um, funny <laughs> anyway. But yeah So you know you, you get
1: the real first kiss You get their relationship actually doing well we don't get enough of it i wish we had more of their relationship in half blood prince but there's nothing in the movie and almost nothing in the book
0: which is is almost kind of good because you know you we've talked about this before um and a lot of this is from harry's point of view mm-hmm. okay So the fact that we're not getting anything means it's not angsty at this point. Because almost everything that's going on at this point Mm -hmm. is angsty. That's true. So when you get nothing from Harry at this point, you're like, oh, it must be going well because he's not like thinking about how horrible it is. True. So. And then you know your favorite quote comes up which it honestly this part of the book made me laugh now again for any of you who have not read the books if you've just seen the movie this scene in the book is chef's kiss
1: this this is the exact type of gold mine that we were talking about when we when any Harry Potter sa- fan says that the books are better than the movies things like this are exactly why uh so direct quote you'd think people had better things to gossip about said Ginny as she sat on the common room floor leaning against harry's legs and reading the daily prophet three dementor attacks in a week and all Vane does is ask me if it's true that you've got a hippogriff tattooed across your chest ron and hermione both roared with laughter harry ignored them what did you tell her I told her it's a Hungarian horntail, said Ginny, turning a page of the newspaper idly. Much more macho. Thanks, said Harry, grinning. And what did you tell her Ron's got? A pygmy puff, but I didn't say where. Ron scowled as Hermione rolled around laughing. <laughs> oh. I just... You know, thats that's exactly the type of thing, again, that you just you do with your siblings. Mm-hmm. You know? You, you hype up your friend or your person that you're dating, whatever, and then your siblings, you're just like, oh yeah, they're an idiot. He got a pygmy puff tattoo. What kind of dork does that? And, you know, poor Ron,
0: because Hermione's laughing at him at this point, too. Mm-hmm. Which I think is just great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause you know, he kinda deserves that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I I am sending you something. Have you seen the meme of Harry Potter's first kiss?
1: No. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't sent this to me.
0: Yeah, uh, well, you have it now.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I will make sure Retta shares this uh, on Instagram, um, or I will if, if I can remember. But it's got you know his kiss with Cho Chang and an X, Jenny Weasley and an X, and then like him full on with the night bus and a check mark. Mm-hmm. You got to admit, it's a lot better kiss. <laughs> It's a thing.
1: (laughs) It is. So, yeah. And then we get to the sad point. End of the book. Right after Dumbledore's funeral. And Harry makes the difficult, but in my opinion, very mature decision that he and Ginny need to not see each other. Because he knows that he has to go and hunt down Voldemort and he does not want her to be put at greater danger because they're dating.
0: Right. And that's the thing. A lot of people I, I've talked to have said, Oh, well, you know, he broke up with her cause he was leaving. And no, I, I, I don't believe that had really anything to do with it because of the age difference. If this had been normal school, he would have graduated. She still would have been in school. It had nothing to do with him leaving and everything having to do with the danger she was put in by being with him.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean the Weasleys
1: were already in danger with their for their association with him. Let alone knowing that it's somebody that he's dating and romantically interested in, she would have become target oh. number 1. Right. Um now here
0: here's a well, you know what? We'll get into that because then we get into the Deathly Hallows, um, and we talked about this a few weeks ago—the uh, flirting with Harry and the kissing in the Burrow, and the whole morning.
1: Which, honestly, like book and movie versions of that are just wonderful. Oh yeah. Um, movie version though, the look on George's
0: face—chef's
1: kiss. Yes, it is. And Yeah, in the books, you know, they sneak into her room and she's like, I couldn't think of what to get you for your birthday. I know you're going to be traveling, so you can't really take anything with you. And, you know, I'm just trying to think of something I could give you to remember me by, you know, in case you run into any Vila or whatever. And he's like, well, I'm pretty sure dating opportunities on the ground are going to be pretty slim. And she's like, there's a silver lining I'm looking for. And then they're making out and it's magic, it's fireworks. Until Ron being well, Ron Ron. bursts into the door followed by Hermione who's just like oh my word, Ron.
0: (sighs) Yeah. I, you know, after that And then, you know, we get to the little epilogue I couldn't help think I really hope that Ron and Hermione Were making out one day And Harry just bursts in Yep I feel bad for Hermione Because she doesn't deserve that But Ron does Yep Yeah Yeah But, okay But then we get into They return to Hogwarts um, And then she does help Neville and Luna with Dumbledore's army. Uh, Things could have been, and here's another highly contested point, things could have been so much worse for her. But Snape was actually looking out for members of Dumbledore's army. So her detentions were with Hagrid. Um. And, and not that I'm turning into, see, Snape was good. Thank you. But no, thank God that he was there for that.
1: Yeah. Because. Considering some of their detentions involved casting the Cruciatus curse on first years. Right. Yes.
0: Well, and not only that, but, you know, knowing where Snape's loyalty really is, whether you like him or not he was no longer loyal to Voldemort at this point, okay? Um, He knew the Weasleys would be targeted. And he probably knew that the Carrow twins would, like, nothing more than to get their hands on the youngest Weasley. Yep. So, she really was protected. Um, Thankfully. Uh, he did what he could. Um...
1: She does end up going into hiding with her family at Christmas. Probably for the best considering all the stuff that happens to Neville and Luna. Yep. Um
0: But then she returns to Hogwarts because we get the Battle of Hogwarts.
1: Yep. Um, um I do love the line where <laughs> Harry's like, yeah, we're looking for something that belonged to Rowena Ravenclaw. It might be in her tower. Uh, You know, I think Luna tells him that, you know, there's a statue that has the diadem on it. Like an image of the diadem so that he knows what it looks like. And Cho's like, oh, I can show you. And then Ginny's like, no, Luna will take you. Luna can show you where it is. Luna's Ravenclaw. (laughs) I trust Luna. (laughs) Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, which I think is, is absolutely amazing. Yep. because Jenny's like, you know, I don't care that we're on a break. He is mine.
1: Back off. Yeah, you lost your chance, girl. Yep. Yep. Um,
0: you know, and then she's told not to join the battle, the main battle.
1: And she's staying in the room of requirement until Harry's like I need you to get out so that the room will change because I need to find this thing that's in here, but don't go anywhere. Don't go get involved. What does Ginny do? Goes and gets involved. Uh Uh-huh. Because she's a Gryffindor, she's a Weasley. It's who she is. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know if Bellatrix singled her out or if she tried to single Bellatrix out. But long story short, family has already lost Fred. They they all know that he's already dead. And Ginny or Molly sees Ginny and Bellatrix dueling, and is like, "Not my daughter, you. I <laughs> just." Yeah, that line right
0: there is is you know, I think everyone wonders you know what Jenny's relationship with her mother is, and i I'm sure Molly is very protective of her. It's her only daughter, but this really just shows Molly's like, Oh hell no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. you just nope, nope, nope. I've already lost one off- kid, I am
1: not losing another.
0: Right, yes. Um, Especially, you know, that's where the mama bear came out. Yep. Yep. So, then we get Bellatrix defeated.
1: Because um, Molly Weasley is also a badass. Okay. Hey, the apple does not fall far from that tree.
0: And, you know, you, I love the movie scene of that at the battle of hogwarts where they come in with harry's body and jenny's reaction <sighs> um but then you know like like we all know you know harry's okay he's not dead um and they get back together it's almost instantaneous yep so yeah so their their relationship is just very kind of okay Battle's over, we're back together. No questions, I think, really, on either one of their parts. Yep. Um, and then we get into the epilogue, and they're married.
1: Yep. With and kids. Have- yep, they have three kids. Um, I would really like to know just how much influence over their names... Ginny actually had. Um, James Sirius and Lily Luna. I don't see her having an issue with either of those names. I see her being fully supportive of that. Uh, I have a lot of questions about why Harry or Ginny A. came up with the idea to name their second son, Albus Severus. um, And why They actually went through with it. Yeah, I was thinking
0: about that when when I was reading through the show notes, because you and I have talked about this ad nauseum. And it kind of hit me. Jenny's not a pushover. No. Not at all. I can see her actually having no problem with Severus as the middle name. I just don't
1: understand. Like, I well, no, get no. that he... Well,
0: well, no. Hear me out, though, too. Because for her, she's probably looking at my sixth year. I could have been tortured, killed a number of things, and Professor Snape saved my life.
1: Well, that doesn't undo all the years of bullying. No. Why would you want to name your kid after well, I somebody think... that bullied you for that long? I don't think he, he bullied Jenny. I mean, she was a Gryffindor. Didn't he pick on all the Gryffindors just because they were Gryffindor? Y-
0: yes and no. Um. For example, we yes we hear like the comment he makes with um Hermione's teeth, and he, he does refer to her as a know it all. In all fairness, though. Hermione did have a tendency to be a little bit of a know-it all. And you know, as a teacher, that's probably very frustrating when you're trying to get answers from the rest of the class and there's that one know-it all student raising their hand constantly. and you're like, okay, I get it. You know the answer. Um but honestly, like we don't hear, and again, this is all from Harry's perspective we don't hear him pick on Dean Thomas. Or Seamus Finnegan. Or really, Hermione, other than that. That's true. Uh, He gets a very short temper, temper with Ron, but Ron does a lot of idiotic stuff. Um... And I think there comes this certain maturity, too. Like, again, I I think Harry sees Snape as I do. You've got someone who was tormented, tortured, bullied for years, who tried their best, didn't know how to be a better person. Because they were not taught how to be a better person. But he owed a lot of his survival to Snape. You know, and you, you know... Sometimes when someone's alive and you you despise them and you're like, I cannot stand you. I know you've done some things for me, but I just... But then they, they pass and you're like, I can't make amends with this person. True. Um, and I think he would have made amends with Snape more than he would with Albus. I actually have a harder time with him naming his child after albus than i do snape and not just because i like Snape. i i'm talking i had a worse problem with that before i liked snape
1: yeah i don't know if it's worse for me that he chose albus but it's definitely comparable to the fact that he chose severus because it's like the dude withheld information and manipulated you and lied to you and right. you just want to view him with these rose-colored glasses. And again, I, and i we're not going to get too much into the Great Snape debate. We'll save that for Lakey Khan. But yeah. I, I, I view Dumbledore and Snape as kind of comparable characters in that they're both, in my opinion, morally gray. And they both did good things and bad things. But neither one of those outweighs the other.
0: Well, and here's, here's where I have a harder time with Albus. Snape didn't raise Harry to be killed. Yeah. Snape didn't intentionally lie to Harry. Did Snape withhold information? Yes. Do I believe it was because he was manipulative? No. Um, You know, if you've been hurt multiple times, you may not want to share information. Um, you're afraid of being mocked. You're afraid of being hurt. Um, You know, if you've opened up in the past and all of a sudden that information is used against you, yeah, you're not going to share information again. Whereas with Dumbledore, none of his information was used against him. He was considered a fantastic person. So... Why the withholding information? That's yeah. what I have the harder time with. And I'm not saying, even, even if I didn't think that Snape was a good guy, um, my problem is why the info? I can forgive trauma responses faster than I can forgive flat out manipulation. Yeah. And if Harry looking at Snape's memories and seeing even Snape going, you raised him like a pig for slaughter, Snape is appalled. And you're telling me, oh, but it's okay because Albus was a good guy. No. No.
1: Yeah. It's just a very interesting name choice. And especially putting those two names together. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even if
0: you, you know, for any of us who like Snape, we view Albus as the greater manipulator who manipulated Snape constantly. Yep. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, But again, I, you know, Jenny's not a pushover. Um, and I think that was one of those circumstances where she's like, you know what, if this is what you feel you need for maybe closure or that you need to make
1: amends or whatever else, then okay. Now let me ask you this. Do you think it had anything to do with the fact that neither Dumbledore nor Snape had children to carry on their legacy and that was Harry's way of trying to make sure that they both did have a legacy?
0: I think more Snape than Albus because when you look okay, Snape died a hero that no one knew was a hero until Harry made sure of it and we find out later that yes Snape's portrait is up in Hogwarts because Harry made sure of it so with Dumbledore he would have been looked at a hero anyways everyone thought he was a hero
1: mm-hmm.
0: no one kind of really realized how manipulative he was um so i don't know if so if it's so much to carry on his legacy because again also he's got um a chocolate frog
1: card yeah the 12 uses a dragon's blood and... and exactly what does snape have nothing
0: so in a way it also may have been to have everyone remember Snape. So yeah. So yeah, I mean that's that's my thought on, on the names. You know, she's not a pushover. I think she agreed to it. Probably more Snape's than Albus's. Um I just, I can't see her going, sure, dear, do whatever you want, dear. I don't care, dear. Yeah, no. I see her going, okay, so let's sit at the dining room table. Let's discuss this. Tell me why. Yep. And if you can come up with a good reason, I'll agree with you. Yep. Because while she has a temper, she's not um, mean spirited. No. Uh, that's not her nature. So. No, not at all. So. And then, you know, she moves on to her career, which I'm sure you're very proud of her for that.
1: Yes. So, she goes on to like when I was in high school this is what I thought I wanted to do with my life basically. Uh now I'm glad it didn't turn out this way, but she goes on to play professional quidditch for the Holyhead Harpies. And then when she retires, she just becomes a sports writer for the Daily Profit. Mm-hmm. Ah, which
0: I think she would be an awesome sports writer. I, I think, you know, her knowing the game, she probably wrote it uh, with a lot more detail
1: mm-hmm.
0: than okay. someone who maybe knows the game but's not played
1: it. Oh, yeah. I mean, speaking as somebody who's had to write like articles and press releases about all types of sports, my basketball articles were always much more detailed and in depth than when I tried to write about volleyball or soccer or track and field or, or baseball, any of that sort of thing, because I knew basketball inside, outside, up, down, left, right, like. I know basketball really really well I don't know those other sports as well and so it was much easier to write about basketball and yeah
0: yep so alright so that is our character breakdown of the wonderful and badass Jenny Weasley
1: yeah I think we're on to the quiz right. now
0: yeah we are <laughs> the fanfare. <laughs> All I hit right. the button I did
1: uh, so my question for you this week if you could go back in time and give one piece of advice to one character in the series what character would it be when would you talk to them and what would you say
0: hmm <laughs> Um I would go back in time before Snape was sorted and tell him to ask the sorting hat to put him in any other house but Slytherin.
1: Okay. Cuz we know the sorting hat listens. Yeah, how do you think that would have changed his story and I mean the story overall? I don't
0: know. What I would like to see, though, is him not suffer the same abuse at Hogwarts that he did.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, uh, he and Harry have something very much in common as they're abused at home.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But for Harry, Hogwarts was a refuge.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: For Snape, it was his second place of torment. Mm -hmm. So, and I think, you know... Well, I don't think that that James Sirius or Lupin, or Peter, uh, (laughs) would have been friends with him had he been in Ravenclaw. Because I think that's where he would have gotten sorted. Um, Man was brilliant, can't deny that. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I think they would have been less likely to bully him. Mm. And I think maybe while Lily still wouldn't have returned his feelings, I think he would have been in a better spot for friendship. And accepting it just as being friendship.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have had all the insecurity behind it. Right. Yes.
0: Yes. Or, you know, he could have met a really nice Ravenclaw who would have accepted him and been friends with him. Yeah. You know, um... Abuse is something that I don't tolerate at all. Um, and if all of that means saving a child from abuse, then I'm all for it.
1: So, well, yep. what would your answer be? Um, I think I would tell Ron right around like somewhere between 4th and 6th year to not be an idiot um, I think he would have listened I don't know but just, just handle the situation better with Hermione please don't like I know I said one piece of advice but I would hand him the 12 failsafe ways to charm witches But I would have given it to him at the start of 6th year Instead of the start of 7th year
0: Maybe he should have started
1: reading that the first year He's a little slow on the uptake Yeah, I mean, we don't want to give an 11-year-old too much riz But, yeah It would have taken him, though,
0: until 6th year To actually figure out what the book meant, though True So in that case, go back to when he learned how to read and give him the book. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Here's your first book, sweetheart. Enjoy. I promise someday you'll actually care about this. (laughs) Right? Okay. My question to
0: you. If we get the TV show that promises everything is by the book. Literally and figuratively, uh, what
1: Ginny moment are you most looking forward to? Her and Harry's first kiss. Oh, either that or getting to see the Bat Boogie Hex. <laughs> now I'm really having to think between those two. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, I think, I think I'm think i going to stick with my answer, but it's by a small margin, because I'm almost as excited for seeing the bad Bogey Hex in action. Okay. I'll give you that.
0: Okay. Alrighty. Uh, mine, by the way, is the scene we talked about. The tattoo.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> That's truly one of my favorite moments of... Jenny and of the Golden Trio. It's just, it's wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. So that's what I'm looking
1: forward to. Just so nonchalantly. Yeah, Hungarian <laughs> horn tail flips the page. Much more macho. A pygmy puff, but I didn't say where. <laughs> Girl. Jill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ron. Mm-hmm. All right. On to the next segment here all right so we
1: don't have any voicemails again lucy you're slacking to um, be fair i have not sent one into her in a couple of weeks either i've not had time to listen to podcasts i've barely had time to record my own podcast so i know but this is pick on lucy week you didn't get the memo. Uh, this is this is all your idea, Lucy. I'm not picking on you. I love you.
0: <laughs> I love you too, Lucy. But I'm still picking on you. <laughs> um, <laughs> we do have a comment <laughs> on on uh, Spotify for podcasters, uh, Retta, I, th- I think I want you to to read that one.
1: Yeah. So our last episode was all about LeakyCon and so in our questions we asked if you're going to Leaky- LeakyCon what are you most excited for and in a comment that has nothing to do with LeakyCon oh yeah no she mentions LeakyCon Montana Don't. says this has nothing to do with the LeakyCon I like that she said the LeakyCon it deals with the Snape plushie Retta you are so welcome Michelle love you and can't wait to hear about LeakyCon when you get back <laughs>
0: And for reference, Montana is the one that bought me my wonderful Snape plushie Which, by the way, when she did, for anyone who doesn't know I may have um, let out an excited little eek And, um, like, hugged it immediately At work, in front of everyone guest co-workers, Dantes Sounds about (laughs) right, yeah you know, I, I really think that one of these days, Dantes is going to have
1: me committed. That that also sounds about right. <laughs> Everyone should be buying
0: my boss a sympathy card right about now. So. Retta, no ideas. Do not send my boss a sympathy card. I know you can easily find out my work address. I'm not saying anything. Do not go to your manager and be like, hey, can I have address for this particular restaurant? Because I know you have it. It's this store number. Yep. Cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Dantez will come up to me and be like, Michelle, why, why do I have a sympathy card from the Longhorn in, in Denver? Don't ask.
1: Our condolences <laughs> on having to deal with that. Ouch. (laughs) Just. Ouch. Hey, I still choose to be friends with you and a podcast with you, and we're going to LeakyCon together in less than a month now, so. Oh, and we'll be in the same room. (laughs) (laughs) I feel bad for our
0: neighbors. (laughs) I do, too. So, so hopefully, guys, just a, a quick little bit before we do our little outro here uh red and i were talking earlier today and you know it's going to be very hard the week of LeakyCon to get a podcast together edited and you know posted so do be patient with us that week because you know we both have to work um and then we're off to LeakyCon. we're kind of working at with at LeakyCon because we've got our panels and we're trying to do our networking. Um we will be trying to go live on Instagram a few times. Um and I'm hoping that retta goes through with my idea for the podcast for next week which we would record on Sunday. I think it was a brilliant idea.
1: No, okay. Let let me give you all the context to this. Okay, I'm at work today. Michelle texts me three times in the space of a minute. Sure. Let me sure. let, let me just pull this up and read it for you all. No. Oh yeah, three times. Sorry. I have a brilliant idea, FYI. Really, really brilliant. Like, amazingly brilliant. And I respond, oh boy. And she's like, why did you just roll your eyes at me? And I'm like, because you saluted your own brilliance three times in one minute. <laughs> now, here's the thing I didn't see her roll her eyes.
0: We are hundreds and hundreds of miles apart.
1: Over text, there just, was no video, no phone call. I just knew she was rolling her eyes because I. Have a brilliant idea. Uh no, because you're self aware and understand it was a little ridiculous for you to be like, look how brilliant I am. You
0: have to admit it's a brilliant idea.
1: Do you want to just tell the people what the brilliant idea is?
0: Yes. But let me also say that <laughs> we've been talking about doing this episode for a while. We've we've jokingly said we were gonna do it. So Sunday after Leaky Con is over. Um Rhett and I are going to grab our Chicago-style pizza, and then we are going to have copious amounts of alcohol, and do a drunken podcast.
1: And hope for the best with both of our blood sugar
0: overnight. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be fine. Everything will be fine.
1: Yeah, alcohol doesn't make my blood sugar drop dangerously low. What are you talking about?
0: Doesn't make mine drop dangerously low either.
1: Much. That's
0: why we'll have juice boxes. <laughs> We're going to have juice boxes right on our bedside tables prepared for the next morning. I always do. <laughs> I always have a soda. Mm. Yeah, my, my first sips are, are soda in the morning. Um, but yeah, so that is our brilliant idea. Um I'm personally thinking
1: tequila. I've not had much experience with tequila. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I'm thinking tequila. Oh, boy. <laughs> so um, if you have any ideas what we should discuss during that Drunken podcast, um, let us know. I mean, we may not be sober enough to actually get to it, but we will try.
1: Yeah, you know, if you want to send in like Truth or dare questions, or would you rather? Questions or something? Yeah. All
0: right, guys. Don't forget we are on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Discord.
1: The link is in the show notes. I'm paying attention. Uh, Send (laughs) us a voicemail or an email. Uh, Link for that is in the show notes as well. Or our email address is GryffindorCommonRoomPod at gmail.com.
0: all right. Um, I wish we could say that we have an idea for next week's episode, but our brains are kind of melted.
1: We're we're doing good just to have made it this far. <laughs> it's been a very interesting few weeks. And we've now technically been talking for about three and a half hours, even though this <laughs> episode is only an hour and 30 some-ish minutes right now.
0: Yeah um, but you know <laughs> as soon as we know what our next episode will be, we will let you guys know we have we actually have a long list of things we want to discuss. so it's not like we're just gonna have to come up with something out of thin air. It's going through our notes, what is feasible time wise, uh, what we think would be something you guys want to hear about and seeing you know coming to an agreement on that. So but we will keep you guys posted. And if there's
1: anything that you would like to request that we discuss, feel free, leave a comment. I'll make that our Q&A for this week. uh, Or you can send us a voicemail voicemail or an email. Yeah, and,
0: and Charles, we will get to your Percy Jackson episode crossover episode, so don't leave a comment saying Percy Jackson.
1: Yes, it's on the list. It is on the list,
0: Charles. All right, guys, thanks for joining us again in the Gryffindor common room. I'm, I'm your host, Retta, Michelle. and I'm your host, Michelle, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys next week.
1: Oh, music. <laughs> I need to just put that in the template. Oops.